0: like zooms podcast and then the book i just i just um put it out today um because today is um, national literacy day by the way so not, not national sorry global national yeah anyway it's 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 international literacy day that's it it's international literacy day so i was like oh my goodness this is the perfect opportunity i'd better just talk about my book otherwise This moment is just going to go and I'm going to have to wait one year. So I literally just posted as you were um, messaging me that you were going to be a bit late. I was like, oh, it's fine. I'm still trying to post about the book. So I literally had the book, the podcast, um, you know, all this stuff. Just it's crazy. It's mad. It's really mad. Personal story, but kind of um, like self-help style. Um, so yeah it's called 40 lessons I learned by 40 because like I kept saying to myself I I really want to write a personal story and I wanted to write about my grandma because I'm super close to her well she's passed now three years uh, I think oh my gosh three years September three years September yeah so I always wanted to write about her because her story is quite remarkable and You know, just many amazing things happened to her. But then I just just kept dragging and dragging. So lockdown comes and I'm like, okay, this is a good time to write. And then I'm like, oh, my goodness, I don't think I have the energy to write my grandma's story. It's too long. I need to do so much research, you know, because she was born 1920-something. And then she, you know, I I was also going to write about her heritage as well. That means going into 18-something. I just said, nah, I'm not ready to do this now. Then I thought to myself, but, you know, you really love self-help. Why not write something about you, like, rather than somebody else? Write about, you know, experiences. And somehow, coming together, I thought, well, I'm turning 40. And I haven't really seen anything about turning 40 anywhere. Especially, like, with Africans, right? Because right now, my reference point is Africa, Africa, Africa. So I'm like, okay, maybe... I should write about things that I've experienced, things that I've learned and been through. So literally, the the idea for the book um, kind of unfolded as I was writing. So I didn't see the full picture when I first sat down and started typing. Literally, it became clearer and clearer. That cliche of, you know, you just have to make the first step. Literally, it's not a cliche. It is so true. You just start and it will become clearer as you carry on. So I then said, okay, 40 lessons I learned by 40, okay, that's fine, but you need to give it a bit more like definition. So the subtitle is um, lessons in life, relationships, parenting, business, and faith. So um, yeah, so uh, yeah, so sub, sub into lessons in relationship, life, parenting, faith. So I just basically share my experiences in the different areas. Um, yeah, lessons I've learned from, like what inspired me to write it. So I talked about that. Um, yeah, I'm just basically just shared anecdotes. And there's some aspirations in the not asp- no, affirmations because I started doing affirmations in um, during lockdown. So I, I started listening to podcasts. I listened to loads of podcasts just to get a feel for what I think I should sound like. And then one particular guy, did affirmations in his podcast so he started off mm-hmm. with affirmation and then eventually built up into proper shows with guests so I thought oh affirmations are like the big thing right now and people swear by them and then if you think about affirmations from the bible or motivational affirmation things like that so it kind of ended up being um, infused into the book as well so I've got 40 affirmations as well in the book at the end so at the end of like my, my story you've got 40 affirmations also um grouped into different categories so spiritual affirmations affirmations for abundance affirmations for i don't know for for confidence motivation things like that so yeah i hope it's a nice easy read it's about 75 pages it's not that long but it's 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 enough to at least feel JG thank you thank you super cool to be here and I'm so happy I am your first what's the word I am sort of opening up season two right That's yes so
1: cool. <laughs> that is really cool I like that well done <laughs> um you know what um season two I just thought to myself you know we need to do something different we need to do something special yeah. we need to yeah. you know um also you're you're also my first um female guest um as well Oh <gasps> awesome <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome. So happy to hear this. Oh, that's so
1: cool. That's really cool. That's um, really cool. I was really, you know, I'm The thing is it's about sport is that I think sometimes when I say sport, you know, people just naturally think of the people on the field or the people yes. Yes. Or the people on the bench. But yes. sports is so diverse that Yeah i'm trying to get as many people as possible you know people that you just wouldn't think of you know mm. how many you know how when i say sports how often do people think of the nutritionist or
0: i know right <laughs> or, or the physician yeah yes. exactly
1: yeah or even the facility manager you know
0: <laughs> so true so true so, the people who support the industry exactly not just the stars the the athletes and the professionals yeah you're right you're right exactly
1: you're right um well um with with you know with so many with so many things that you do um you know what is it about sports what is it about sports for you Uh, that's a really good question
0: okay um for me it's been really an evolution because i can't sit here and say oh yes I've loved sport ever since I was a child. No, that's really not what happened at all. I mean, I was exposed to sport. I I I participated in school sports, but not like I was more, I was actually more musical, funnily enough. I, I played the piano, I went for my grade exams. I was definitely more musical and more into drama. Um, so sport for me kind of became I, it came into my life when I actually um, got married and had kids. Really, really weird. <laughs> it's it's like the running joke. Um, so my first son, well, yeah, my first. I've got two boys. My first son, Luca. Um, you know, I I had him. He's now eleven. So I had him, and I thought to myself, okay, I I didn't really have many male cousins growing up. My dad. You know, he's got three daughters. I'm the oldest of three daughters. And he just kind of gelled with us girls, you know, did all the things that us girls wanted to do. So... You know, I never really grew up in a household watching games or being taken to a match. I mean, I would have loved it now in hindsight, and I try to do this with my kids. But growing up, I, I, I just didn't have that kind of exposure to sport, and I was conscious of that. So I said to myself, when I have my kids, the first thing I want to do, apart from taking them home and obviously feeding them, <laughs> <laughs> is, you know, um, exposing them to sport whether it's watching it or participating in sports. So as soon as my my first started walking like toddler, 2 years old, I was like that's it. I need to get him on the field, I need to get him running around. And then, you know, the thing about sport is it, it it's unfortunate, but we have a lot of clichés in in sport. We tend to think of football I mean now football is definitely more seen as a women's game but back in the days when you talk about football you're it's automatically you're just automatically thinking about the men's game you don't really think of the women's game so similarly I I believe those unfortunate um, gender stereotyping also occurs in sport so when i had my my first boy i thought automatically he's just going to play football it didn't even cross my mind that oh he could try tennis he could try gymnastics you know he could even try ballet oh, wow. um, no automatically he i just said football and and that's what he's going to do and as luck would have it he hated it <laughs> <laughs> so you know so you can just imagine there i am i'm new mom i'm trying to get my kid into sport and boy doesn't even like it but um i guess the good thing about it was my curiosity about sports and wanting to introduce my my son to sports from an early age um attracted um other friends of mine who also had children of the same age and they were quite interested in the pickup games that I had organized for my son. So yeah, literally pickup games for my son and his crew of about three kids <laughs> turned into you know what it is today, which is my academy, um Lagos Tigers FC. Um, and that started in 2012. So it was just curiosity. I was curious about sport. I knew that it had amazing benefits for 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 children in terms of mobility, agility, sharpening their mental acuity, and all that. I just wanted that, and then the discipline, of course. So that me me desiring um, to give them that exposure and to to make them. You know, enjoy those benefits and derivatives of sport. Actually, ended up throwing me headfirst into what looks like a lifelong love—you know, love affair with sport—and I'm actually really glad that it happened that way. Um, if I had been deliberate about um, going into the sports industry, I—I I don't think I would have—I would have actually lasted as long as I have. Um, being sort of just sort of um, falling into it, kind of you know prepared me a bit <laughs> for what for you know for the longevity and hopefully sustainability um in the sports in of my career anyway in the sports industry so yeah that's how <laughs> I fell in really random really random um my son hasn't gone back to play sport by the way uh, the first I, was one... about, I was
1: just about to ask that <laughs>
0: question <laughs> but the second one is absolutely in love with football nico oh my goodness he coincidentally was named after nico rosberg because <laughs> <laughs> my, my husband loves formula one racing motor racing so you can see that yes sports has really kind of permeated into my life and in, in many different ways definitely but yeah at least one of them is fine right one out of two is yeah. too bad
1: <laughs> wow um so when you said you were looking okay so when you said you were looking for a when you said you were looking for sports for your children to play
0: um yeah. how
1: easy did you actually find it to find alternatives to football
0: oh goodness me okay so we're talking 2011 2012 trust me it was it was not easy it, the the sports the sports the variety of sports we have now for children youth is nothing compared to what it was like back then it was just It was just like dead. (laughs) It was literally school sports. Most of the sports exposure that kids got at the time was school sports. I know there were a couple of um, um, places where kids could go play football. So, I guess that's what made me feel like, okay, I don't need to rely on school sports. I can enroll. I can um just go to a field and and just do some informal pickup games. But definitely there was nothing like gymnastics back then, well, at least out out of school, I mean. There were no private clubs running gymnastics, um, um, gym, not, um, tennis. Yeah, the, the Lagos Tennis Club is there. Yoruba Tennis Club is there. But um. It just wasn't set up and geared to teach young children. Ikoi Club, which is near where I live, okay, they've been around donkey's years since 1957, um, but it's not accessible. It's, um, you know, it's the equivalent of what you would call maybe a country club, uh, you I know, understand. in the UK or the US. So it cuts off a lot of people. It's not accessible to the public in that respect. You have to pay quite a lot of money. So... You know the, the accessibility simply wasn't there, and um, I, I was conscious of that fact, which is what made me just get up and say, "Okay, I'm just going to organise these pickup games for um for my for my for my son." And um, what happened in the coming years from 2012 to date is we've seen loads of parents make similar calls, which is fantastic because it just tells you that if you wait for the government to do everything, you're going to be waiting a very long time, <laughs> you know? So a, a friend of mine, Kemi, Kemi King Kugbe, she um, is like a gymnastics mom and she loves gymnastics. Her daughter was a tumbler and she kept saying, you know, um, in the UK, my daughter did this, she did tumbling, she did that. What do I do? There's no private clubs. What do I do? And I said to her, look, I, I've been running um, my football club for about two years just just set up just set up um a gymnastics club what do you have to lose do your training learn about it hire the right people we've always had like um lagos state sports bodies don't get me wrong it's not like there was nothing but the truth of the matter is this they, they just were not configured for the youth you know you it's almost like you, you talk about say um the super eagles and stuff and you're wondering, okay, where do they get the, 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 the talent from? You just, you know, the talent is just expected to miraculously materialize <laughs> when they're 18, 19. What happens to the funnel? Where is the funnel, you know? And that, that was a problem that I identified back then. She identified in gymnastics. Where, where, where are the, the, the clubs that nurture children from a really young age outside of school so literally from 2012 2014 so many little clubs started to mushroom just it's just amazing to see you know the confidence that i hope i i I mean i feel like yes i gave people confidence to set up sports private clubs because you know before me yeah there were a few but they were mostly grassroots like the core core grassroots clubs you know the ones where it's probably in another part of town and it's like you're running it on for, you know on a, on a charity basis. it's not really run in a structured way. so I almost feel like well yeah, L- Lagos Tigers was one of the few at the time providing a more structured setup you know and 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 at least for you know, a fee because most people will say to me but how do you like are you doing it for free is it charity and that's the problem there's a perception that anything sports here in Nigeria is just charity work (laughs) and it really took time to say no you know this is we're running this as a sports business yes I'm passionate about youth football but it's not a charity i mean i actually have a charity arm as well so i can mention that i have a charity arm i'm still not really doing much with it because goodness charities are a lot of work like it's like it's a completely separate separate entity separate nice. operations everything so i'm i'm still trying to get that off the ground i'm i'm still just grappling with running a sports business well you know? So it's, it's, you, you keep on having to explain to people, no, it's not a charity. (laughs) It's like going to school, but well, extracurricular school. So there's, there's been that we've had to have this mind shift in, in, in Nigeria. Well, well, let me say Lagos because Lagos is not representative necessarily of the whole country. Yeah. I have to be <laughs> It's so true. Like people we tend to just say oh yeah Lagos it calls Nigeria but it's not like Nigeria is a big country as well, fairly big. And um the 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 mindsets are very different across the whole country with the way sport youth sport is viewed. Parents are now more willing. It's incredible. You talk to parents now and the enthusiasm, you know, yes, you know, I want my child to play. I want them to maybe even get a scholarship. I would love to see how far they can go. And it's wonderful because I tell you, just as little as 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 recently as five years ago, parents felt that there was no point having, uh, you know, private um, youth academies, youth football academies. Because they felt well, what's the point? They they play football in school, so what's the point? But they don't realize you need to train and practice and develop, and it's all about how much practice time you get. So it's really really nice and encouraging that um, that we've moved on. We still have so much further to go, but from where we're coming from, my goodness, we've moved we've moved on quite a bit.
1: We've. Moved- I'm not. I'm not sure if well, if you've seen but obviously i'm starting my own women's football team next year
0: wow that's amazing <laughs> um, i didn't know that wow well done um that's so cool 2021 um,
1: Excellent. and it's going to be in abelkota
0: um, fantastic
1: which um you know it's kind of weird the way i kind of fell into women's football um, yeah you know whilst i was you know um i think i was coaching one day and then um a uh, fellow coaching colleague asked me just to cover a session for him, but I did. He didn't tell me that it was a women's session. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when I got there, um, you know, I just c- kind of had to get on with it. Um, yeah, of course. Of and course. Um, what I realized is, you know, they're just, you know, women just they, they just wanted to play football, same of as the guys. Course.
0: Yeah, just the same. The same.
1: Um, <laughs> And yeah. you know, um, the same enthusiasm was there. Um, yeah. The same technical skills. Um, mm. They just wanted to be coached. They just wanted to play the game. Um, and you know, it, it's just it's it's very interesting. Um, so you know, I think I had the idea that I wanted to start a women's team probably about five years ago.
0: Mm. Oh wow! Five years ago, okay. I put it
1: off because I was saying I kept telling myself in my head, like you know this is not a big deal. Like somebody else can do this. Somebody else can find the solution and, and fill this gap. You know, you kind of, and then years, years were going by and I was just kind of seeing the same thing with the women's teams. Mm. Um, I was noticing that the coaching wasn't there. Um, the administration wasn't there. The um, publicity, mm. the marketing, the promotion wasn't there. Just not there. Um, mm. Basic things, you know, like having social media. Um, I've only just started a, a Twitter handle and I already have close to hundred followers on amazing. The handle. And some of the women's teams don't even have Twitter handles and they've been around for 10, 15, 20, 20 years. years. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's crazy because um, there's a lot of things that you need to change. Um, obviously one, one of the reasons I started a podcast is because you know, I'm just, I'm somebody who enjoys conversation and yeah, I've learned so much through conversation you know, um, I've learned how to progress in careers. I've yes. learned how to find courses. Um, I've learned how to network um, through oh, conversations. Yeah, um, So many things you can learn. And through these conversations, you know, you find out a number of things. Like people tell you, you know, here are certain cultural things that we do here. And, and mm. you know, and for example, like one of the cultural issues is um, a lot of our um, female athletes aren't very outspoken because um, culturally they've been taught not to be that's right Um, (laughs) so if we're trying to brand these people then it's almost like they're working against us so (laughs) it's you know these are things which could very easily be be sorted out by having just basic lessons during the week to show the players why it's important that when somebody in the media does ask you a question that you just be yourself and express yourself whichever way you can whether that's in in, you know, in full English, pigeon English, your own language, exactly be comfortable and be confident to speak. Um, and you know, it, it, it's such a shame because you know, uh, the more visibility you have, the mm. the um, increased likelihood of sponsorship. Wish, oh, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. um, you know, I always use you know, I don't want to speak, brother neither do I. I used to, but I use it as an example. I saw yes. a um diagram the <clears throat> other day which said that um their social media mentions um within one day um was about I think it was seven hundred <clears> thousand. Wow. Um, seven hundred
0: thousand. That's so crazy.
1: and you know the the thing is is a lot of these people are just being themselves. They're shouting, they're arguing, they're expressing themselves, talking about their lives and people are falling in love with them.
0: Oh yeah Gen- they, they, yeah um, what do you call it authenticity just comes through exactly yeah. and
1: this is the same this is the same effect that I feel like we could have if people within the sports industry were more um, you know they were they were taught to be more open to be expressive, yeah. talking about the journeys that they've had to the obstacles they've had to overcome. But unfortunately, there's still a real air of secrecy when it comes to things like that. You know, people don't feel so comfortable. They don't want to feel like they're throwing anybody under the bus. Mm. Um, Because we do have some coaching practices, which... Oh, we do.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. It's just terrible. You know? Oh, there's so many crazy things going on in coaching. um, On the women's side, you know, and... um, yeah the the stories i've heard um gymnastics in the US did you hear about that the doctor oh yeah, yeah. abusing yeah. girls for uh-huh. years and because he's in a position of authority you don't, you don't question and and, and it, that speaks to what you just said you know the, the women's teams we i don't know the, they they don't maybe they try and speak up but because it's someone who's in a position of authority, his word is the last word, and that's it. So these these things are happening everywhere. I'm sure it happens in Nigeria, but because, like you said, the code of secrecy is so strong here, you don't hear anything. You don't hear anything. And But things are happening.
1: You know, like most Nigerians, I think even when you leave the country, you know, there's always, <laughs> there's always that voice in the back of your head, like, you know, yeah you could do this, you know, yeah, imagine if you yeah. brought this to Nigeria, imagine if you did this, you know, Yeah, there's, yes, there's yes. that voice and, yeah. um, you know, through networking, you know, social media is, you know, such an amazing thing.
0: It is. Um, it is
1: talking to all these coaches from across Nigeria, you know, as, you know, as far as you can think of, you know, even some of the most remote places, people send me messages on LinkedIn and on, oh, that's nice. on, uh, on Twitter and stuff. Um, because, you know, I, I try to make myself as visible as possible. You know, you, you can clearly see, you know, I'm a coach. It's in my mm. it's in my profile. Um, mm. These are my qualifications. And obviously, you know, my name is Digi. So, you know. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's no mistake. There's, there's
1: no mistake in it, you know. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, through these, because of this, um, I've been able to have these conversations with all these coaches. And, you know, you start to realize, you know, small little things here and there where you can advise people. And they're like, oh wow, you know, this is simple solutions are sometimes mm. right in front of you. Mm. And I feel like sometimes when we we have a habit of doing things so long that we mm. we don't want to change it.
0: Yes, very true.
1: We get very true. we get comfortable in the way we've been doing things. And I feel like women's football offers a huge opportunity um, so huge. in in mm. in Nigeria, not only for employment, um, not only for uh, female empowerment. Um but also for um you know improving the image of our country, you know.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I think you know Ooh.
1: um I'm definitely look, looking forward to 2021.
0: Oh, I wish you well. <laughs> That's so exciting. Women's team. What do you know in, do you know the name or are you keeping that
1: hospital? From... <laughs> oh no, 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 <laughs> I've already announced that. So um oh, okay. the name of the the name of the team is um well so um when I okay so I'm actually planning to have a men's and women's team, but um, yes. I'm starting the women's team first. First. Um, okay, cool. So um the actual team is called Ten F C, which stands for Total Elite Nigeria Football Club.
0: Okay. And
1: the women's team, of course, will be called Total Elite Nigeria Women's Football Club. So no. um no. obviously all the hashtags of 10 WFC, um <laughs> because you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of the word elite. Um, not in the context that everyone else uses it, (laughs) I feel you know, I feel nowadays when you say elite, you know, people have, yeah, it has negative, mm,
0: negative, uh, negative,
1: exclusionary, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's such a negative association nowadays, you know, like oh, you say elite, people think you're talking about the political or the um financial elite in in society, but elite for a lot of people, like an elite athlete, you know, an elite singer.
0: Somebody who's elite in their craft
1: means that that person Mm. is of the highest standard or a higher standard. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of, you know, that type of, um, that type of thinking, that type of mindset. You know, I feel like if you, if you create a culture where you tell people that you can be elites, you you know, that's the type of things, that's the type of things um, that I think about. Um, funny enough, I actually heard your episode. Um,
0: Which one? <laughs> uh,
1: one of your episodes where you was talking about, um, I think you said your core values. Where...
0: Oh, yes. The core values of um, the, the club, right? Yes. Yes. I um... had to create something that
1: was easy to remember. <laughs> exactly. And funny <laughs> yeah. enough, um, I already had my own core values. And I was just thinking, you know, what coincidence. Um, my right. core values actually spell the word elite
0: oh i love that so, oh I, should, I can guess energetic energetic no what's
1: oh. e for <laughs> the first one um it, it's actually a very straightforward e um probably if you guess again you'll probably think about it easy no <laughs> um, um
0: excellent excellence, excellent yes oh excellence. yeah okay oh. um okay uh l is for i don't know longevity no um what's l for
1: it's it's but, it's again. It's a very straightforward one, but it's it's, but, it's something that's very important to life.
0: Um. Oh, wait, wait. L for um, living life. <laughs> Not, no. quite. <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. I've run out of. I've run out of adjectives. It's, you know what?
1: It's it's. I'm sure if I said it, you'd be like, oh wow. Oh, it's one of those ones. It's such long, long. It no. no it's no. something we we, we we do every day. Or, or at we least we should everything. be doing every day
0: <laughs> Le- oh my goodness i'm stuck and that's because i'm putting too much pressure on myself to- <laughs> l I-, I can't think what- what's what's the
1: l for learning
0: oh my goodness of course <laughs> of course we learn every day oh, excellent learning i is for integrity
1: oh my you know what you got that straight away
0: yeah, you know why? You know why? Because I've got I in my values, kicks. <laughs> so I just thought it just has to be integrity. It just has to. Okay, so I've got ELI. Then T is for tenacity.
1: No, something a bit more simple. Something simpler. T is for t- t- uh, t- t- do?
0: tensile. <laughs> no, that, that's different. Um,
1: Group of people.
0: A team, 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 team. Teamwork, of course. <laughs> Teamwork. I have that too. I, mine is team spirit. S. I. I. I was. I was trying to force it, and it wasn't working. So <laughs> S came backwards. Team spirit. Okay, so the e final is, E. The final E is for. Give me a hint.
1: Um, I feel like this is the word which. Um, you know, my knowledge of Nigerians, my upbringing of uh, Nigerians. Um, uh-huh. I feel this is a word that represents us regardless of wherever we go.
0: Okay. We are...
1: We always we, put in... Our best efforts! Yes. Efforts! Oh, cool. I got it. Um, I got it right. <laughs> Yes. Um, yes. Okay. You know, I thought... So, um, what I wanted to do was to create core values which would create a culture. Um, mm. A culture that would reflect both inside and outside of the club.
0: Um, mm, of course, yeah.
1: Um, so, okay obviously excellence is that we always try to do things at a very high level mm. um, learning is that we always try to adapt to change and we always desire to do better mm. um, integrity is that we are honest truthful and our actions yeah. reflect our values yes um, teamwork is that we work together to achieve and everybody plays a part in success absolutely and effort yeah. is that hard work is the foundation of all the success I love that.
0: I love yours. It's so good. It's really good. I love it. I love it. It's really good. Yeah, I think all clubs, um, sports is about values. So, you know, it just makes so much sense to have your core values embedded into who you are. And what better than for your new teams, the women's teams to come into the club. Oh, yes, you know, I'm part of a club where we value excellence and teamwork. And it just, it's at the back of their minds, right? So how, I mean, that's the best way to mold and shape, um, you know, people. So, yeah, I really like that. I like your core values. They're really good. It's catchy. It's very catchy.
1: (laughs) You know, um, I feel like um, it's important. I feel like people, people, I feel like nowadays people just want to know. They just want to know, you know, when you know, you kind of feel a part of things more. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And um, I feel like that's one thing that we haven't quite mastered in Nigerian sports um, because we don't share enough, you know, like I agree, you know, agree. Um, everybody knows about how Barcelona is more than a club. or mm-hmm. um, Liverpool. Never walk alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, uh, uh, you know, United is the theater of dreams. Um, but, you know, Nigeria, you know, when you think of our football clubs, you know, what are our values? What does our clubs represent? You know, what, mm. does, what should it mean to our communities?
0: Yes, I don't think we've developed that. That's the thing. I th- I almost feel like club owners d- did not understand how essential it is to tell stories through their clubs. You know, like the way we see all these, um, the drinks, Coca-Cola, you know, always Coca-Cola and all those, you know, other companies that have all these very catchy slogans. They understand the importance of telling stories. And I think it's part of the problem that we've been plagued by. Sports is not seen as a business. It's not necessarily even regarded as institutional. Sports is just something you just do either in school to pass time for PE or you're kind of hustling, you're coaching a couple of guys and by God's grace, so they will carry maybe two or three out of my 25 <laughs> so I can make a bit of, yeah. So there's not been that brand building, but, 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 but it is changing because now the new generation of developmental academies that are coming up, the new generation um, 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 football clubs in the lower leagues, they understand the power of storytelling. Corporate storytelling is, the, is 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 essential for sustainability, and we need that storytelling in the sports industry as well. Look at the way they. They, they build stories around athletes look at Simone Biles like the way she's so beautifully packaged and put together telling a story and when you think of all these athletes and the the campaigns they they use like I remember seeing the Nike campaign about girls which came out I saw it oh gosh I saw it this year because lockdown was just the year of just you know, <laughs> doing some research but it was one of their best selling and widely um, accepted campaigns because the story was so powerful. Nike has gone beyond just selling apparel, selling shoes, um, trainers, or they, are, they, they tell and share powerful stories. And just like you said, we are only just realizing the power of storytelling. And, you know, sports is a form of entertainment. If you're not entertaining as you are, you know, you know, when you're doing the sports, then it becomes very forgettable. Fans don't feel part of it. So no. it's, I think it's something that the, the clubs are beginning to catch, to cotton on to, but agreed, many, many, many are still lagging behind. No social media presence. Website is half empty. It's not updated. You know, it's, it's a lot of work to run a club properly the structures the 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 org charts the staff you need the it's a lot of work and i don't think people are either ready to put the work in they just want to just do the very basic or they feel like oh my goodness I, i i don't i don't think i can do this so they just end up shying away from doing things as they should i feel like that is what our issue is in sports we need to tell stories. And that's one of the things that I really, really tried to do with Lagos Tigers. I, I said to myself, Okay, what am I trying to what message am I trying to send here? The tiger, the tiger in fact to the point where even on my website I had um color coding. So the black stands for strength, black power, African strength. The orange stands for vibrancy um you know just because you're trying to sell this to the parents right the parents of the kids you're you're trying to create this this um image perception but obviously perception must match reality because you're not trying to package something that isn't real (laughs) but it's still important that when people log on to your website or they look at your your instagram page they feel like wow these guys are having a blast, you know, they, they're, they're, they're about the team, they celebrate their birthdays, they celebrate the wins, the losses too, you know, that full picture. But that's something that we still need to work on generally here, how to tell stories, you know, and, you're acting, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, the interesting thing is, um, you know, for some people, they don't, they probably, they'll think, oh, what stories, you know? But, yeah, um, there are so many stories to tell. Um, oh, so many! You know, there's like, for example, you know what's really funny? It's like all these. Um, I saw a number of tweets. Um, so I'm I'm not sure if you saw this week, but um, Aishat uh, Oshuala. Um, yeah, she did. Uh, I think she did an interview with UEFA.com. Oh
0: right! Oh, I missed that.
1: Um, okay. where she was talking about her upbringing and how you know okay. her parents weren't so supportive of her, her initial yeah. um desire to play sports. But then, obviously, mm. as she became more successful, they came mm. on board. Mm. uh were tweeting, "Oh, you know, just imagine if a Nigerian media outlet or Nigerian football club yeah. had thought of this idea."
0: exactly that's the problem we don't it's really funny because today just today this morning i i i went to do like a to shoot a a mini segment for one of my clients because yeah i know we haven't even talked about that um because yeah as a sports lawyer you you work with clubs and yeah clubs as well as athletes themselves so interestingly my client is also doing something similar he's he's only seven years but seven years is a long time we need to celebrate the little wins so seven years you know of of uh, running his football club and um he's like look i i um, want which to celebrate club is that Bagada FC. Oh, okay. You're talking about
1: Coach Yalu. Okay, okay.
0: Yeah, exactly. Coach Yalu, exactly. So, yeah. So, he's doing this seven years of blues and... I love what he's doing. And I'm not just saying it because he's my client. Because before he was my client, I was already following him. Because there was a story. I was attracted to the color of the jersey, which is blue. I thought, okay, I don't really see that deep shade of blue in Nigeria, you know? And just the way they, they focus on each of the players. Each player has a story, you know? It's, I, I just like the way they presented the club really like family like this is this is really a team effort so when i eventually started working with them which you know has been great um he said yeah that they want to celebrate 7 years and would you be willing to to um just shoot a mini segment talking about you know, sports law in Nigeria, your experience with the club. And this is exactly what you are saying, that to some people, they might think, look at all this effort you're making. What's the point? How are you getting any money from it? You're going to go interview all these people. And then what? Where's the money? Where's the money? Show me the money. But, you know, sometimes you need to create the... It's like, it's entertainment, right? You need to create the, the whole like feel of something big is happening because that's what that's what fans like they like to feel like oh things are happening and you know so yeah I I feel like we're so focused on the money the money the money the money that we miss out on moments like really cool memorable moments that we just just kind of let go so yeah it's a pity Azizat's I I Azizat's club in Nigeria they missed out they could have nabbed big time yeah it's big it's time. it's
1: well it's a funny thing because like i just feel um i think one of the reasons i was so interested in um doing my own clubs because i'm you know i'm so interested in in, in helping mm. people tell their own story mm, and helping yeah. people find their best self um shots um Ushwala's, um club is called fc robo and fc robo has produced quite a number of the women's players um, Amazing. but unfortunately um They've never really come forward to tell the stories, you know, Mm. to show us pictures of Aisha when she was 10 years old.
0: Oh, Um, wow! You know,
1: these are things that they're missing out on. You know, this is what
0: totally missing out.
1: You know, Mm. people love it when Barcelona comes forward and they've got 10 year old pictures of, they've got pictures of 10 year old. It's
0: it's like gold. It's like it's you think you're looking at some historic, prehistoric, um, rare. Footed. Yeah, we love to see pictures of our sporting heroes when they were little. It's like, wow, look at that. He's been in the game so long. And you can kind of, you know, imagine your child being that future star that we look back at their pics when they're in their nappies and things. We don't value that stuff here. We don't, it's the record keeping. We're not keeping records things like oh a, a year ago today we, we won uh, a cup or you know or even to celebrate the the staff. It's not always about the players right Sometimes we need to also celebrate like like you said the support staff, the, the administrator, the coaches, just hey, we have a great head coach. I don't know. Maybe people feel like if they advertise, if they put the head coach out there, other people will go to him.
1: <laughs> I can, t- yeah, I can imagine that conversation. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely
0: so, but then, but then, if you keep, if you, if you carry, if if these guys carry on in that manner, well, they will just leave anyway because one, you know, nothing is, nothing much is happening. It's, you know, the stories aren't being shared and everybody wants to, to grow, right? Because yeah. I'm so conscious of the fact that when people work with me, it's not it doesn't speak well of me if they stay the same after they leave because... Everybody will leave at some point. People don't stay anywhere forever. So trying to hide them or prevent against poaching, well, that's what you've got contracts for. Why don't you just get contracts? But then people say, oh, Nigeria, no one respects contracts. They'll just... But you know what? When we begin to respect contracts, they will become more... You know, they will begin to, to do what they're supposed to do. But if we keep saying, oh, they won't respect it, it's just a piece of paper... Actually... If I find out that my coach or, you know, has gone off somewhere else and is still under contract, I can easily go and approach that other club and say, look, this person is under contract. You can buy him off me or something or compensate me for, you know, so we we I feel like we keep holding ourselves back for so many reasons I beyond me but for so many reasons it's just put things in place this be visible in 2020 if you're not visible then you're not serious that's just the way i see if you're not visible if you are not visible your business your football club or academy or or whatever it is is not visible then you're not serious really you're not how do you compete it, it's like we're in, we are the world is so close is so small now it's so small. Someone in Brazil could be checking out your club in in um, Abercota, You know it's that small. So if you're not out there, how do you expect to make sure your players have the best, get the best in terms of their training and things like that? So yeah, there's just so many. Angles to it, foreign. We just have not been telling our stories, and I think that's something that Chimamanda also said. I'm not trying to sound feminist or anything. I'm just saying <laughs> this, this is actually why I posted um, my 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 new book today on World Literacy Day because. We need to contribute our voices more as Africans. We need to, whether it's in the fiction fiction space or non-fiction or in academia or in um, vocations. If we are not contributing our voices, we won't get heard and we will not be invited to the table when major decisions are being made. It's, the, it's just the, the reality. We just, I mean, yeah, we have like, you know, Nollywood and stuff. That's probably the best when it comes to storytelling as it gets. But we need to also look at, like you said, the alternative ways of storytelling. How do we tell, sell our brands? Our you know, our personal brands, our clubs. How do we, how do we sustain a club that you know was founded in 2012? Can we say that that club will be here a hundred years from now? This is the thing. We need to really be conscious about storytelling. It's it's it sounds so basic, right? But <laughs> it really needs a lot of intentionality. Like how do we project these stories so the young ones can tap in, learn a few values, so that the older generation can say, ah, oh, wow, I you know, this is this is how it used to be in the old days. So we we really need to harness that. We really need to. We need to.
1: I feel it's, um, you know, some of the clubs that, you know, of course you mentioned, um, Bagada FC, um, you know, um, I also think, you know, Vandreva, what they're doing is really interesting.
0: Yeah, Bandreza, yeah. Uh,
1: Abuja yeah. Metro.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, the, I know Kelvin, uh, yeah.
1: Of course, Mies so much- Palace uh, Football Academy.
0: Yeah, oh, Mies, I love them. In Joss, right? Yes, Mies in Joss. Joss. They are doing some really, really great things. Mies are... Fantastic storytellers, I really like the way they position themselves i doing some yeah there's a couple doing some really good things, really really good things, changing their narrative, you know at the end of the day, Nigerian fans are some of the most loyal like. You hear about people that have supported foreign clubs for like 20 years with <laughs> and you're thinking, why can't we enjoy that action? Why don't we? there's so many leakages that we need to switch off. We need to, to, to wear our local jerseys. You know, like, why don't we wear more local dress? And I don't mean Nike. I'm not talking about wearing the Super Eagles Nike. I mean, it's fine to wear that, of course. But I mean, where are all the, you know, all our local sports apparel manufacturers? They're there. They're not many, but they are there. We need to support them. Clubs need to say, okay, let me, you know, add a bit of pizzazz. Let me change my kids every two years. Maybe every year might be a bit much because of the economy. We need to always be mindful of the economic realities on ground. But, hey, every two years, change the jersey, switch it up. I, that's what I do. And I'm a youth football academy, you know. So it's like I, you, sports is entertainment. It's life. It's, it distracts you. It makes you feel happy for the period that you're engaged in it. So, yes. We need to just make it more fun and engaging. You know, that's kind of what I feel about
1: I, sports. Yeah. You know, um, one thing I would say is, um, I think, um, obviously, one thing I, I liked about your academy is I I could see smiling faces. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I had this conversation with somebody the other day. I was saying, you know, I think, like, one problem that we, we, we slightly have in Nigeria is that there's the mindset that sports is just competition, you know?
0: Yeah. Yes. Um,
1: and every everybody involved must compete.
0: Yeah. Not yes.
1: everybody enters sports to compete. You exactly.
0: Know? And
1: if like for example the child is 6 years old, the mm. the idea that you expect them to win number 1 trophy ridiculous. is ridiculous. yeah, it's ridiculous, mm. you know. Um yeah. and you know even for example, you know, I I was talking to someone about women's football. I was saying, you know, part of the reason that, you know, a lot of women aren't so interested in women's football is Look at the faces of the women in this picture. Um, of this, do they look happy to you?
0: Do they look happy? (laughs) The stresses, the struggles. It's true. It's true. It's off-putting. Who, 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 who who would want to go into women's football right now in Nigeria? Like right now? Who? I mean, you do get a few, but we're not getting the numbers because nobody wants their child to suffer, as they say. Nobody wants their child to suffer. You go. They don't look after them well. Look at even our, our you know, our, our super family. Look at how well they performed. Well, I think they, 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 were the, they were the winners of um the the ladies. Was it not the ladies um calf cup? Or they, so?
1: they, they. Well, Nigeria's women are. I don't even know if dominant is the word. Because they are. Because I, I think they're just beyond dominant. I, I don't know how you describe somebody who is one. <laughs> I think I think it's 12, 12 out of 14. It's
0: incredible, <laughs> I tell you. The what, what they are doing, and they get zero visibility. And you know something? I don't even blame. Let's not even blame only the sports industry. Let's look at the wider context. Because even when I look at just women's programs in general, rarely... I tell you, when I look at all these um, awards, oh, we want to honor women who are blazing the trail. Did you? I tell you, they rarely mention sports women. Rarely, and literally this same week, um, one of these um, very well-known um, handles on um, Instagram—that again, it's a women's platform handle—and the spotlight of the day was um, what's her name. Um, And you know what? I did a double take. I was like, wow. Like, this is the first time I have ever seen them put a sportswoman as a feature. Usually, it's an oil and gas lady. It's uh, an actress. It's a lawyer. You know, but sportswomen, zero coverage, as if they don't exist. So how would you expect women to rush into the sports industry when there's no representation? It's ridic- It's like I almost feel like it's the the sports industry isn't. Only, it, we cannot blame only the sports industry. It's it's the entire picture that's wrong. It, it's the whole picture that's wrong. Everyone, people just don't of sports professionals when it comes to these so called national awards or or you name it. They just get sidelined constantly, and then you wonder why no women want to go do football or no women want to go do handball or swim or whatever, because they're not going to get any recognition anyway. And then they will just fade into the background. So why, why would they even stress themselves? So,
1: you know, know one of the most interesting um, things that I saw recently was, um, (laughs) um, so, okay. So, when you think of um, Nigerian athletes, I think the most engaged, apart from obviously Aishat, because Aishat yeah. plays for Barcelona.
0: Yeah. And as
1: far as men or women players, she's playing for the biggest club. So if you look through if you look through um our men's team and our women's team, no no one's playing in a bigger club than Barcelona. Not at all. Um, Not at all. So with her, um she obviously she's she's there based on um people talk of her about her, based on her actual on-field success.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm.
1: as far as um, you know, other players, for example, um, uh, what is her name? Sorry. Um, okay. Uh, she she usually has quite colourful hair. Um, Des-
0: Desiree is it her?
1: Mm-mm. Um, well, okay. I I remember her name later. Um, okay. But okay. Um, she okay she she attracts so. When the, Super, when the Super Falcons lost in the last World Cup, people mm. were, in one of the matches, people were criticizing her because they were saying her makeup and her hair oh, the reason why on. she was distracted on the field.
0: Come on. Um, ridiculous. Which I found so
1: ridiculous. I've ridiculous, but at the same time, I thought it was kind of funny that um, the thing that caused, you know, clearly her makeup and her hair caught your attention. So, <laughs> exactly, and <laughs> it's, it's in itself. It's it's really funny. Would you be paying any attention to her if if she? That, um... That's so true. And that then I true. also think of our best runner, um, or one of our best runners. Um, I am forgetting names. I know. Um, uh, she's she's quite well known. I think she yeah, usually has yellow. I think she usually has blonde hair.
0: Yes, I know who you mean my memory is really really rubbish, but I know who I know exactly who you mean. And she's a oh, like,
1: blessing, blessing,
0: yeah, yes, <laughs> it's yeah,
1: um, you know, yeah. her as well. I remember there was some criticism of her performances, and then people tried to because say of, that because she of
0: was, what her makeup, yeah, What's pe- that she was paying, with
1: which in itself is funny because you know, the reason why you remember her name is because of her appearance.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. It's almost like women are not... Women should not be women because they're playing sport. It's a bit like... um, I love Marta. Um, I think she's one of Brazil's uh, Brazil, best... Uh, Brazil, yeah, legend. She, she plays with red lipstick. Marta <laughs> wears red lipstick to play football. I love it. I love it. Because what, who says that femininity is suddenly... It's non-existent because you're a sports person. I, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Oh, you know, but but the thing is, let's kind of maybe not trivialize it because these are actual genuine concerns. Like you would even hear some women saying, oh, I don't want to do strength training because uh, if I do yeah. training, I'm going to develop muscles. And I'm thinking, do you do realize that there's a natural limit to what muscles you can, unless you go on steroids or, you know, um, performance enhancing drugs? So there's, there's a lot of confusion and misunderstanding and just, I don't know about, what, about how women should look. I think it's just part of the whole Me Too thing. You know, women just want to be left to be themselves. I can be a woman and play professionally and still be girly you know, or I do. I may choose not to be girly, and it's still her prerogative. It's almost like people feel they have a right to dictate how women should look when they're on the pitch or when they're, you know, playing tennis. Serena Williams, same thing happened to her. Oh, um, she's wearing these um, tight um, you know, Serena is a bit flamboyant when it yep. comes to her skin. <laughs> You know, when you hear stupid things like, oh, she's, you know, it's distracting. And you're thinking, sorry, how <laughs> how does her outfit, how does it affect her performance? Or how is it distracting? You choose to be distracted.
1: So, I don't know, women, um, yeah, I think it's part of the problem. So, you know, I have to ask, um, of, obviously being a sports lawyer, um, mm. what is the most common sports law question that people ask you oh gosh
0: uh, i get i get asked a lot about oh my players you know um I, I, they leave and then they go elsewhere and i've invested money in them and how do i get them to stay and i feel and i find that a lot of the time they don't really have proper contracts so most well not most i can't really Generalize, but what I have encountered so far um, are people who kind of have clubs yep they've gone far enough to incorporate but that's it that's as far as it goes with structure they just have these clubs and they have these so-called oral agreements I wouldn't even call it a gentleman's agreement because <laughs> you know so they have these oral agreements and um, everything is a little bit haphazard Maybe they get some transport money. Maybe they get a salary. You know, it's just kind of... And then they wonder why the player goes elsewhere. Like one guy that called me from, I think it was, where was it now? Bauchi or so. And he's like, you know, I've been dealing with this other guy. He's an agent. And he's taken six of my players. And two of them are in another country. And I haven't got a dime. And I'm like did you have a contract? And he's like, no. And I'm like, what did you expect? So I find that it's a recurring issue. People set up football academies. They gather these guys from different places. They start feeding them, lodging them. And then the agents or whoever it is, not just agents, any you know third parties are lurking around or they feel like, look, this club, what are they doing for you? They don't give you that much anyway. Please, just, 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 just leave. You know, what have they done for you anyway? So that question comes up a lot. How can I protect my interests? They are assets. I've invested in them. I need to protect my interests. Do I hold on to their passport? When they travel, what do I do? What, you know, so I get that a lot definitely about um, protecting the player players protecting the, the assets of the club which is the players mostly and then definitely I am very focused on sports governance um, when I say I'm focused on it I it's 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 an area that I don't feel enough um, sports organizations bodies are paying enough attention to um, on the in on this side of the world um, sports governance is really about the way um, clubs are governed. So when we talk about the rules, the regulations, the contracts that guide behaviors, that is, for me, the compliance side of running a business, Yeah, the operational side of running a business. There's certain ways of operating that should not be broken. Then you then think about, okay, who are the Um, executives of the club who are the share not the shareholders who are the directors of the club are they fit to even run the club who are they I mean you know in like in the UK you would have to go through a fit and um, a fit person's test anyway to be assessed but here you know you could pick anybody somebody who may not even be qualified to to be a director of a club so for me, governance is a, very, is a huge part of the jigsaw puzzle. It's not just about, yeah, I've got a good lawyer and, you know, I've got my contracts and my players are cool and I'm, I'm, I'm getting my, my transfers done and I'm selling players. It's not just about that. It's also about are uh, the directors of the club running the club in a, in a way that is sustainable in a way that respects the rights of the players, in a way that respects even the business, because some people will run their business into the ground and they are fine with that. They run it into the ground. They go set up something else elsewhere, you know? So, you know, as a sports lawyer, I um, I pretty much try to advise on all the, all the main areas. I don't just focus on contracts alone because It's not just about contracts. It's about running a business. Contracts is one side of it. Um, So, yeah, there's so many moving parts that, um, you know, uh, as a sports lawyer, you have to pay attention to, um, you pretty much have to keep an eye on, on, on everything, but not from an operational point of view. You just have to have an idea of, okay, where are the weak points? you know, of this business and how do I avert, how do I draw attention to my clients that, oh, have you sorted out this? Have you checked this? Have you checked that? Do you have policies that cover this? Health and safety. Do you have minors? How are they being looked after? Mm-hmm. You know, so, so many, there's so many things to think about really. And a good sports lawyer should help take that strain off, at least a bit. So yeah, that's it's uh, it's quite it's quite interesting though I I find it really interesting uh, you know no two club no two clubs are the same philosophies are different so you know it's it's pretty it's pretty cool it's been it's been really interesting so far but being part of something quite new in Nigeria you know we sports lawyers were wow well, I mean I know one he's a he's a NSAN um and he's been around a while. But I guess because sports is not you know sports sports as an industry was not even taken seriously either, so um, you wouldn't really have heard of these specialists unless you were really following and keeping you know your eyes on 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 that sector in particular. But now i'm I'm happy that it's sounding more mainstream. like it doesn't sound strange to hear someone is a sports lawyer. Or an entertainment lawyer, you know, it, it sounds as normal <laughs>
1: yeah, as does,
0: a, does. as a conveyancing lawyer or a divorce lawyer or or um, an oil and gas lawyer. It sounds almost as mainstream, you know. So there's things that progress is being made, which is great. It it it's, it can only get better, I think.
1: Um, you know, whilst you, when you when you were just talking there, there was something that actually just came to my mind. Mm. Um, <laughs> for for people who who um, aren't aware, why Why is it important for um, our football teams and sports teams to register with the CAC?
0: Okay, so basically, um, first and foremost, if you are transacting, carrying out business in this country, and to be quite honest with you, in any country, um, business itself is a regulated form of activity, okay? If you're selling anything at all, even if it's cupcakes or... Um you know, household goods or whatever that is business and business itself is a regulated um, form of activity so the 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 um the regulator of of companies of business in um in Nigeria is the is the CAC you know so um you have to always make sure that whatever activity you're doing, if they fall under what we would consider as a regulated business you have to find the appropriate regulator and make sure that you're registered so first things first if you are purporting to run as a sort of company even if you're a sole trader sole trader is an individual who's running business right and is running business as his name um you would still fall under the purview of the CAC because the CAC knows that business can occur in many forms. You can run a business as a, as an individual. you can run a business as a as a as a registered company limited by shares. You can run a business as a social enterprise. you can run um, a, a foundation, a charity, as an incorporated trustee. And then there's other ones, there's partnerships and things like that. So pretty much every type of activity that involves trading, buying and selling is regulated. But we all know that a lot of people try not to, uh, they try to avoid, right, um, being regulated. So they may not uh, register a company. They may just trade in their own name. But you know what? It's risky because if you, if you don't register a a, a proper entity for your business, so we're obviously talking more sports here. So if we put it in the context of a sports business, it it could be a football club, it could be a facility, it it could be a sports facility management um, business. It could be even sports apparel. You're selling, uh, you know, branded uh, kits and things. If you sell or trade in your own name, you are exposing yourself. You're making yourself personally liable for anything that goes wrong. And does does that make any sense? Yes. But if you were to register a separate entity, that entity takes on a life of its own. It's it's like it's it it becomes it becomes it takes on a, a legal life of its own. So if anything goes wrong with say a football club say they they run into debt uh you know poor administration the liability of the um of the of the shareholders of the directors would be limited that's why it's called a company limited by shares you would only be liable as far as the number of shares you're holding so that's why you know so for many reasons you, it is advisable and, and highly recommended that if you say to yourself, oh, wow, I think I want to go into sports business. I think I want to set up a women's team in Abelkuta or in Delta State, in Sapele or in Inugo, wherever. Um, I, I, yeah, you can have your trial period where you're just trying things out. You know, you just want to test the waters a bit. You go volunteer. There's nothing wrong with volunteering. I, I think it's great we need more volunteers but if it come, if it gets to a point where you know maybe money is changing hands you begin to you know pay for transport here and there you begin to invest your money into you know um this this setup then it's highly recommended that a, a separate entity is is incorporated so that that entity takes on any liability and not the, the The promoter of the business in, in his own name in his or her own name so that there's there's those are one of the few reasons why it is best to always um, register or incorporate a separate legal entity so you minimize your liability but more importantly so you are in compliance with um, the directives from the regulator so I mean how on earth would the NFF or the Nl NLO or NNL know you're there if you're not registered they won't know you're there you would just be a, a nameless random pickup game. How do you differentiate yourself from a random pickup game? Just a couple of guys just kicking about. Um, compared that with you know a, a business that has been registered, a trademark has been applied a brand, a distinguishing um, um, identifier. Oh, this is the logo of um, Total Elite. Wow, we know they're based in Abelkota. We know their story. We know that uh, the Ogun State Football Association knows them. So it's really about gaining credibility because if you don't register, you're not credible. You're not. You. There's no records.
1: There's... It's kind of a weird situation because... Um... You know, like I I think, I think, I think about. Okay, so when you go on Facebook, there's like a million Nigerian football academies. Many, yeah, many. And I just think to myself, are these all registered?
0: Exactly, probably not. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and if they're probably not registered, why not? Are they aware they need to be registered? Um, Do they know the procedures, the process?
0: I think they know. I think I would like to think we're very intelligent people. I think they do know, but for some reason, they manage to get their little butter by not being registered. But the thing is, that's trickles. You get a bit here, you get a little bit there. Maybe if you're lucky, you sell someone domestically. If you're really lucky, someone picks somebody up from you and the person goes international. But who's to say that you even get much? Because who's going to pay... An unregistered company, like proper, you know, solidarity solidarity fees and things like that, you know. So there's a lot of uh, background under the cover transactions going on, and it's not sustainable, you know. You hear about coaches in these parts; they've been coaching for twenty something years, thirty something years, and they've not really built wealth that they could have if they had done things properly. So I feel like it's really up to, and it's interesting because I'm actually on the Lagos state divisional football board. <laughs> so I want to speak from that perspective that if, if, if you've not received, if you've not had that pressure from say the bodies whether it's the state football associations or the uh, coaching associations if if that pressure has never been on you to go get registered then i would say you need to start changing your mindset because you can't aim big but still operate on a small level you have to register so you're recognized you know, because when you register, at least that way you're able to, you know, get a proper bank account. You're not operating with your personal accounts. So it's all about presenting the business in a, in a good way. It's about creating the necessary structures. And that's something that we know is really lacking here because most of the time there's no pressure to get things done properly. There's no pressure to be compliant. Which is why at the same time we we didn't see the same level of growth that other industries have witnessed. so when you look at the banking industry in the nineties and how there was so many um, um regulations that came in from the from the from the military days when they had the decrees and the decrees were then changed into laws, and you saw how the banking sector was really restructured like completely restructured consolidated strengthened all banks had to have a certain minimum capitalization to avoid a run on system that's the reason why the banking system got stronger and stronger and stronger over time now nobody would bat an eyelid if they say oh go open an account with uh, this bank or go open an account with this bank the reason why our clubs are kind of just sort of, yeah, we've got some good clubs, don't get me wrong, definitely got some good clubs because where is the talent going? coming out from? They're still coming out from here, right? But we're not getting that churn, that massive volume that we should be getting because of lack of structure. And, you know, out of a thousand grassroots clubs, it's possible that 85% of them are not being run properly like in a really global way. So that's why, you know, the livelihoods of these owners don't change significantly. You know, they they still look as stressed and as harassed and as tired as they did, you know, 10 years ago. Because it feels more like a hustle rather than a real business. How do we make our football industry move away from a hustle industry to a proper, you know, Fortune 500, um, you know, public PLC type business. You know what I mean? Where yeah. you can have franchises and, I mean, you look at all the major clubs, you look at the major clubs in EPL and you see how, you know, they've managed to successfully spin off amazing franchises all over the world for the youth, for the youth sector. So you would have, say, I don't know, the black and white team. You know, they're in Canada, they're in Italy, they're in Bahrain, they're in Dubai, they even came to Nigeria. Or the blue team, they've got branches all over the place. That's because it's being run as a business. It's not about, I'm hustling to just... Sort out these guys. Let me just, you know, find some money, and I'll lodge them for six months, and then somebody will, you know, someone will go for trial. And we can't keep running our sports businesses like that. We just can't. We really, Um, yeah.
1: Since we've got you here, well, um, could you just outline three things Mm -hmm. that every football club legally should do?
0: Okay, three things. Okay. Let's look at it this way. I like to call it okay, PPPs is well. okay, yeah. Let's let's call it the PPPs. PPPs was is was an acronym that I I kind of um fell in love with during my core compliance days in financial services and it stands for policies, procedures and people. The 3 Ps are the bedrock of any sustainable business. And you'll hear me go on and on and on and on about sustainability because when a business is sustainable, it is more likely to be profitable. So for people, you need to have the right people hired. You need to have competent people. You need to have contracts with those people. Those people are your assets. So whether the people are your support staff, your HR, who are keeping your records, your operations people, your logistics people, or the core players who are the assets. They're not your support. They're the assets. They need to be well protected. They need to get for, for players. I mean, I, I could it's difficult to say it in such few words, but you need to protect your assets. So insurance also comes to mind. Um, healthcare comes to mind. Um, are they eating properly? Have you covered your right? Have you covered your back by getting them signed onto proper contracts? Um, do you know who you're dealing with? Then, when you look at policies, you're you're looking at what is it about? How do I run my business competently and effectively? How can I run this business like a well-oiled machine, so that it gives me it, you know, it's 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 garbage in, garbage out. What you put into it is what you'll get back. So your policies will determine how the operations of the business will, will run. Um, on the policies, that's where you also get all the rules, regulations, whether it's external regulations that affect you. So if you're a club, clearly you want to be looking at FIFA rules for best practice. I mean, you need to know about um, you know, the domestic um, NFF rules as well. You need to know about the LMC rules, league management company. You need to know about the NPFL league. To, you know, you need to know, you need to understand the different frameworks that apply to your club, okay? So that's policies, rules, procedures. Then, then when we talk about procedures, procedures, I would say, is kind of like governance in a way. So policies tell you what to do procedures tell you how to do what you're supposed to do so your procedures are kind of like your governance okay so you 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 need to make sure that you have the right people running your sports um your your football club or your sports business are the right people running it are they running it ethically are they doing age cheating they're, they're dealing with players that are under age but passing them off as overage or they're dealing with players that are way over age, passing them off as younger. Um, are they uh, you know this is the whole is the whole ethics of of the, of the game really. you know we talk about values, the values of the game, fair play, transparency, you know teamwork, all those values of sports, integrity, like you mentioned as one of your core values those are values that really should apply to every sports business organization across board. It's, we, we shouldn't say, Oh yes, I, I find integrity more in tennis, <laughs> but not so much in football. <laughs> or there's, you know, it, it's just not, the, it's not done. It's, it, 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 it sport is sport. Sport is about fair play integrity, but unfortunately we know that that's just not the way it is. So, um, yeah if if that helps, PPP, policies, procedures, people, if you get that right, then I mean the sky is your limit. If you get that right, the sky is your limit. And then under people, you know what type of people you need to get. you know which external people you need to get, you know which internal people you need to get. policies, you know which internal policies you you need to get your your lawyer or your HR to draft you know externally what frameworks apply to you. So if you're dealing with a transfer domestically, you know that solidarity pay does not apply to a domestic transfer, for instance. You know, But you know that you still have to play fair because this is a player that has been training with this club for X number of years. So you can't suddenly say, well, because um, those FIFA rules don't apply, I can just pay what i want so we we need to bear in mind the ppps the ppps for me are crucial to any business it's like you know it's it's something you can apply to any business at all most especially sports business
1: um (laughs) thank you for that i you know i did say that i would only have you for an additional 10 minutes but there is one final question just just to you know just to cap off Um, everything we've pretty much spoken about today because i feel like we've covered so many topics um you know we've spoken about so much you know your background your um the different things that you do and obviously you've also you know given us um a lot of um advice as to what we should and can be doing to to make ourselves um more reputable more um more uh, sustainable um and um Obviously, one the final question, just to wrap up everything is of course, for people who you know, I think I know everything in a lot of things in Nigeria come down to finances, yeah, um, yeah, so you know people are always weighing up the values and uh, in doing certain things and making certain decisions, so for people who are still questioning why they need a sports lawyer or why they should have a sports lawyer or why they should engage a sports lawyer um What is, what would, what would you, um, how would you answer that?
0: I would say when you are sending your children to school, when you're looking for a school for your child, you don't just send your child to any school. You make sure that that school will give your child the best education within your budget. You make, you know, you, you make sure that that school will, will help develop your child, will help them, you know, live out their dreams, expectations, et cetera. So a sports lawyer is, 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 is similar. When you, when you're running a business, a specialist business, you need support. You need a team that understands your business. Um, so if you're building a house and that house is made of glass, you're not going to go hire Uh, 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 a bricklayer who's only worked with bricks you would hire an architect that knows how to design with glass material you would hire um you know a foreman um the the building contractor who has who has experience building glass houses because if you hire somebody that does not have the experience that you need to deliver what you need you're not going to get the best and you're pretty much throwing your money down the drain. So you may be fine for a time because your glass house is standing and everything seems great. And then suddenly it comes crashing down and you're thinking, but, you know, what What happened? What happened? So sports law, sports lawyers are, I would say are are, are like your specialist um, support team. They, they are part of your team. They provide specialist um, advisory services the same way, you know, a dentist provides specially, specialist services for the teeth. <laughs> you know, every you have to remember that sports is a business. So when you think of it that way, sports is a business, it's, a, it's an activity. So even if you're not running a, a, um, a for profit, even if you're running it not for profit, you still don't want to run it into the ground you still want to make sure you're not cheated you still want to make sure that the 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 players that you are ultimately supporting get the best and they only get the best when they work with people who have the necessary expertise so um yeah a generalist lawyer can only take you so far a specialist lawyer will know all the nooks and crannies Will have the network that you need to tap into. So it goes without saying, if I'm building an oil refinery, I'm not going to go look for a, 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 a high street solicitor who only does wheels. <laughs> I'm going to go get the best solicitor I can find that has experience dealing with you know, oil refineries. I always have to put it into context so people can see that, you know, when you're spending money, no matter how small, because money is money, you need to respect money. If you don't respect money, money will not respect you. So if you are, you know, going to go as far as to, you know, use, because usually what happens, most people are not fortunate to get some kind of access to a grant or to some windfall. A lot of people start these football clubs, these businesses from their pocket. They're dipping into funds that may be for family or maybe for, for, for some project. but they feel like, you know what, I just need to do this. So if you're making that, you know, if you're making that sacrifice and risk, dipping into funds that maybe did not come by easily, then why on earth would you not bother to go all the way and get a lawyer who has that specialist knowledge? So again, I I just have to say, um, sports is a form of business activity, and like and like every other form of business activity, you need experts. You need experts around you to help make good decisions. Which is why a lot of businesses. Uh, um football clubs schools have advisory boards there's a board and the purpose of the board is to give advice key advice you pick you pick your board because of their skill set you don't go picking some random person to go on your board you pick people because you know they can bring value so the purpose of a sports lawyer is is exactly that it's to add that value that you cannot see yourself so I hope that kind of helps in some way. <laughs>
1: um, thank you for that. Now, that was definitely, and I, I like the analogies as well. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: I think, you know, um, I think it's definitely very important that um, we become, I think, people are more, that people become more open-minded towards mm-hmm. solutions. Yes. And, um, the, the, um, the people offering the solutions and the availability of the solutions in our environment Um, I think, you know, it's very easy to continue doing what we've been doing, to follow what, you know, the next person next to us, or our neighbour's doing. But if we truly want to build sustainable um, businesses, clubs, organisations, you know, ones where people can say, okay, you know, for example, in England, you know, you have clubs, not even the top clubs. um, Let's not even talk about Arsenal, Man United. Let's talk about... Let's talk about something like um, the, the club in London called Dulwich Hamlet. And yeah. they are in the 7th Division in England. And yeah. that club is over 100 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, if we want to truly build those type of institutions, those type of organised sports organisations, yeah. yeah. then these are the things that we need to do. Yeah,
0: um,
1: And, you know, part of it is engaging, you know, the best the, the best people in the industry, you know.
0: Yeah, um,
1: yeah and you know getting their getting their insight and understanding mm, yeah um because you know they may offer you solutions which you don't even realize are right in front of you
0: i'm telling you you um, can't see it because you don't know it you don't recognize it so
1: exactly mm. so you know thank you for that i think you know um this has been you know this has been such an interesting episode i you know i uh it's much different to what we usually do, but it's 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 definitely been a great episode. Um, I'm but... glad.
0: I'm glad. <laughs> I'm really glad.
1: Um, just before we end, um, obviously, you know, as usual, um, we will put your social media handles in the oh, yeah. episode description. But um, for people who uh, maybe want to contact you on uh, who want to get the specific platform which is best to contact you where
0: are you most responsive okay um i'm so responsive it's ridiculous actually (laughs) (laughs) i'll give i'll give out my twitter handle um i think twitter is actually really good in terms of direct engagement compared to instagram which is locked um i do more of my work banter and engagement i would say on twitter so twitter is at maxi b that's m a double x y b at maxi b Uh, my instagram is actually the same exactly the same identical so if you want to connect with me on instagram no problem i don't mind but definitely twitter is better in terms of you know having some really good in um um exchanges and conversations just like we've had today but obviously on a micro scale and uh, (laughs) email is beverly That's B-E-V-E-R-L-E-Y at onyejianya.com. And my surname is spelled O-N-Y-E-J-I-A-N-Y-A. Beverly at onyejianya.com. So, yeah, reach out to me via email. Um, Twitter is always great as well. Follow me. I'll follow you right back. And, yeah, let's have some really good um, banter and... um, more discussions yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's been such a pleasure like i've i think this is officially my longest podcast episode <laughs> like i even i didn't realize i could talk this much <laughs> i love talking i love conversations i could talk all day. <clears throat> that's what i get paid to do anyway <laughs> So yeah, it's been really lovely. It's been really good. Um I'm I'm glad. I'm I am glad for these conversations. We need to be talking more about all these issues because when we when we put it out there, um more people hear, more people um hear these messages and they will go away and hopefully think about it deeply and take action. That's what we want. We just want people to take action and and you know, let's rev up this sports industry. We it will be to all our benefits if the the sports industry grows. You know, three, even three times more than this, it will be great. So yeah, that's what we want. We want growth, growth, long term growth.
1: gonna you know, uh, you, just, you, you summed it up perfectly for us. Um, so <laughs> I don't I don't want to I don't want to add anything else. <laughs> um, um, because I thought, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I keep saying, you know, we're gonna end the conversation. <laughs> you know, just, it just continues flowing. So just, um, oh. uh, uh, thank you again for jo- thank you again for co hosting this episode with me.
0: Oh, it was a blast. It was so good. It was really good. I enjoyed myself so much. I can't wait to I can't wait for people to hear it and give send in their feedback.
1: Yeah. It's been great. Thanks, I- Dave. It's no problem. Um, to everyone else listening, remember once again to leave a review, leave a like, a rating. Uh, remember to share the episode. Um, and once again, this has been the Ninja on the Ball podcast where we are on the ball with people that know. Thank you for listening.